0: <laughs>
1: Say, Brad Rabbit, how about I take you to my laughing place? <laughs> Except I don't expect you'll be doing much
0: laughing.
1: <laughs> you just remain seated and we'll be right with you.
2: WDW Radio, your information station. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 362 for the week of May 11th, 2014. I am here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, my videos, blog, live broadcasts, special events, my trivia books, Saving Money at Walt Disney World book, audio tours and more. You can find everything over at wdwradio.com. So this week we're gonna take a very in-depth look at Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground. From its early history ways to stay where to eat things to do while you're there and tips from a fort wilderness expert so if you've never visited or thought that roughing it isn't for you you might just be surprised at what the resort offers and how to get the most fun and value out of your stay and if you've never even visited before we're going to share some of the many reasons why you need to go and explore the fort I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned for some updates and announcements. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. I think about Walt Disney World history, more specifically opening day and those first few months or so after October 1st, 1971, like many people, I imagine that the first guests running through the gate and the wide-eyed smiles of their initial rides on classic attractions and the smells and the sights and the sounds and just how different the Magic Kingdom looked. But I also think about Walt Disney World as what it was meant to be, the vacation kingdom of the world. Because unlike Disneyland, it was a place for families to spend a week not just enjoying the parks, but the resorts and an entire world of entertainment, activities, and fun in the sometimes very hot sun. And while my family and I loved the modern shape and the monorail passing through the contemporary resort, that was sort of the place we called home, Uh, I often think about another resort that opened just weeks after the rest of Walt Disney World, Fort Wilderness. It was a place that I was fascinated by because it offered something very different than the traditional multi-story hotel experience, you know, so close to the parks. So this week, I thought we would take a close look at that resort. Now, on a recent show, back on show 350, we explored in detail the Tri-Circle D Ranch with Jim Corcus. We looked at the secrets and the stories and some of the things to do there. But this week, I really want to focus on The resort itself, because it is is so much more than just a campground. So I want to talk about how to get the most out of your experience and some frequently asked questions and get some tips from a Fort Wilderness veteran. So I want to welcome to the
1: show a longtime friend and I've just found out listener to the show, Rod Wheaton. Rod, welcome to the show. Hey, Lou, thanks for having me on. I, I was talking with you before we started the show, and I want to let everybody know, if you want to have Lou do a show about your <laughs> thing at Disney, all you have to do is call, bug, email, slash stalk him for eight years, and then when the restraining orders expire, <laughs> Lou will do a show. So thank you for having me.
2: <laughs> well, we're laughing because, I, you know, I remember, you know, I think you emailed me and we talked and we, we met each other a couple times. And you said, hey, man, I'm the Fort Wilderness guy, and if you ever do a f- show on Fort Wilderness, I would love to be a part of it. And I said, all right. I said, I promise you, if and when I ever do a show, because, you know, eventually I'll eventually get to all the resorts. I said, you're my guy. And we were just talking. And we, we, I remember meeting you and the rest of your family at, at a Ridley Pearson. I was doing a live broadcast and uh, met your whole family there. And I, I'm a man of my word, right? I kept to my word. And when it came time to do a Fort Wilderness show, I was like, all right, Rod Wheaton, you're
1: my guy. Yes, you have. And I, I got to tell you, you know, I'm, I'm kind of geeking out because I'm so excited to talk about Fort Wilderness. I love it. It's my favorite place in Walt Disney World. I've been you know, dying to hear you do a show about it. I loved what you did when you talked about uh, the Tri-Circle Ranch up there. Again, one of the other hidden secrets with Fort Wilderness. So again, you know, I'm just thrilled to be here to talk about, again, my favorite place in all Walt Disney World.
2: So so tell me sort of what makes you the Fort Wilderness guy, right? How long have you been coming and and tell me about you and your family's vacation experience at Fort Wilderness? Do you go as a family, do you go solo? Do you do you drive an R V? Do you lug a trailer down? Do you sort of just pitch a tent? What what's sort of your experience like at the resort?
1: Well, yeah, kind of like you, we started coming literally just a couple of weeks after Walt Disney World opened in 1971. As a matter of fact, our first visit was January of 72. Uh, I was just a, a very little kid at the time. And back then they, Fort Wilderness didn't open until the following month, but we were staying at the Polynesian and that was kind of our home resort. We stayed at the Polly all the time. But even when we, would stay at the Poly. We loved going over and hanging out at Fort Wilderness because there's so much to do there. And a relatively small amount of people who go to Disney even really know about it and all the things they have to do. I mean, you've got a hustle and bustle in the parks, but then just this quick boat ride away, you hop across Bay Lake and you've got 750 acres of just beautiful, peaceful, tranquil places where you can can fish, you can Uh, you can rent a canoe, you can go biking, there's all these things. Coming back to what you said, so we would go and hang out there quite a lot. Back home, my father had a camper, and as a family, that was something we used to do together. We would go camping in in an RV. My dad pulled a trailer, and we went all over. I'm in the Washington, D.C. area, so we went all over Virginia and Maryland and, and the coastal areas camping. But my dad never was one to want to pull his camper down all the way to Florida. Well, you fast forward a few years. I'm grown. I've got kids of my own. Uh, I enjoyed camping as a family. So when the kids came along, I told my wife, who also grew up camping with her family, well, let's get an RV. It's a great family activity. We still had continued the tradition, her and I, as a married couple and then having new kids, that we still went to Disney every year. Uh, I may put it in the marital contract. She had to understand she was marrying a <laughs> Disney geek. So that was just part of the deal. We'd still go. So one, one time I told her about a year after we bought the RV, Hey, you know, let's, let's take the RV down. We'd never done it. And, uh, I thought it would be great. I said, we always hang out there anyway. I'd love to try actually camping there. Uh, we do a lot of things as a family. We're a big family. We're a close family. So, uh, that, started with me saying, hey, what do you think, Anita, my wife? Let's take the camper and the kids down. It'll be great. Uh, Then my dad was on board. He said, yep, I'll pull my trailer. My best friend, Dominic, uh, he says, I'll grab my my motorhome. I'm on board. So from Philadelphia, he drives down and joins us. So we are anywhere from a three to four motorhome caravan of people heading south down 95. And uh, so that's how we camp in Walt Disney World there at Fort Wilderness. We have the motorhome, couple of fifth wheelers. We get sight side by side because they're very accommodating. They'll put you together if you make the request ahead of time. And so we come there and it's a, it's a big family and friends experience. And I think that's cool, not just because you do it
2: as, you know, you sort of bring the whole tribe down an extended family down, but you all kind of do it a little bit differently, but you can still do it together. And I think that's why I really wanted to talk about this because I, I really do, especially after talking about the Tri Circle D Ranch, I think that the resort itself is an overlooked experience because people hear Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground, they think it's all about sleeping in this cold, wet tent on dirt, mm-hmm. and it, it is not
1: like yeah. that at all. Not at all. Not at all. In fact, you'll see some rigs uh, in there. There are people who literally come down there, and I'm sure, Lou, you've seen this before too, but there are people who come there and will stay for two to three months at a time, some longer. Uh, Retirees or, or people who are able to work from an RV, and they will come there and stay, and year after year, they even have their selected sites that uh, they will request from year to year, and again, the staff works with you where wherever they can, and you'll you'll see as you if you ever go to Fort Wilderness and walk around through the loops, and you'll see the elaborateness of decoration that some have put out there. You can tell they're not there for a weekend. Yeah, and uh, and some of those motor homes that you'll see they're they're upwards of half a million to a million dollars. So you're talking about some fairly luxury accommodations. You're right, it's not sleeping on the cold, damp ground in a tent rubbing six together to make a fire uh, or, or getting eaten up with mosquitoes. It's not your father's campground, that's for sure.
2: Right, nor do you need a half million dollar or a million dollar camper to do that. And we're going to talk about, you know, what you need or what you don't need to do it because, again, I think a lot of people have this misconception about what the resort is, what you need, and maybe who it's even for, too. And, and certainly when we talk about things like the holidays at Fort Wilderness, which, you know, is a spectacle in and of itself, you can very much tell that there's a lot of people that truly call this resort sort of a home away from home, and they treat it that way, and they decorate it that way, and the, the amount of time they spend there, and the care that they give to it shows us as well, and that's how Disney treats them, almost as though they are residents, and not just sort of visitors that are coming in for three, four, five you know, nights at a time.
1: Absolutely. And, there, and this is something that uh, I wrote in an article for Celebrations Magazine. I've written about it on my blog. Uh, something I constantly maintain is that there's a sense of community feel. That's in there, just like what you're saying, because it is for many people a, a home away from home. You know, I jokingly reference about these high dollar uh, uh, motorhomes that are there, but uh, like you said, you'll see everything from a tent or pop up or fifth wheel or whatever. Uh, but for many people who this is their hobby and their thing they do with their families back home uh... you know it is like a second home for them i know my children love we go out camping in the mountains here in virginia and around so they're very used to to their motor home and they've got their things with them and when they go down to walt disney world we stay there it is like bringing uh, a second or your your home away from home with you and because of that you know people there because of the nature of camping you're sitting outside a lot you know you're grilling a lot cooking outside sometimes And people just naturally kind of get this very community kind of feel. You'll meet your neighbors because they're sitting outside. And and we've struck up wonderful conversations and friendships with people. Even if you only through the week or two weeks or however long you're there, you you kind of get to know the people around you. And they've got their home decorations around on the site, particularly at different times of the year. And and that is something that uh, if you don't go down to Fort Wilderness and see – uh, you'll kind of miss out on because as wonderful as the, the resorts are, and I do love them, I do occasionally stay at the resorts. still, uh, staying there in the fort with uh, this open atmosphere of community, it is an experience I'll, I'll have no hesitation to say. It's an experience like no other at any other resort in Walt Disney World
2: And I can tell that even as a visitor to the resort, you know, you can see there is a certain different type type of a feel and a vibe. And the first and foremost, you very much feel as though you are uh, very much extracted from the Walt Disney World experience. And I mean that in a good way. You are Mm -hmm. are so distanced from the hustle and bustle of the theme parks and the monorails and the characters. It is very much a a different type of of laid-back, relaxed type it it's not like people are are rushing everywhere. Everything's at a bit of a slower pace. And I think this is what when I talk about the, the you know, the motto of Walt Disney World when it opened was, it is the vacation kingdom of the world. It is meant to be a place for people to get away for a week at a time and enjoy not just the parks, but the resorts itself. And when we get to talking about the recreation and the amenities here, I think people are gonna be very, very surprised, Ron, at just how much you can do and why you so many people don't feel the need to sort of leave and go to the parks because there's a a sort of this
1: park-like atmosphere there. I love the parks. I, you know, and by the parks, I'm talking about all four of the, the parks, but even so you are so right because you could go there and I could go there easily and I could stay there for a week and never go to a park. And that might be, you know, an odd sounding thing to people who, when they think of going to Walt Disney World, they automatically think of the Magic Kingdom or they think of Tower of Terror, my favorite ride, you know, at Walt Disney World, or, or they think about Epcot and all these different things. And I love them, too. That's uh, one of the reasons we go there. But you could absolutely go there. And because of the, the atmosphere there at the resort, yeah, Walt Disney World, uh, the Fort Wilderness Campground, you could stay there and never leave. And it's funny you say that. Uh, I think before we, we were actually recording, we were talking about uh, my friend Dominic that comes down with us. Uh, he actually one year came down a week ahead of me. And so when I got there to join him and I set up uh, our RV and got all done, I said, so what have you done? You know, what have you guys done while you're here? He said, nothing. We have not even left this campground. He said, we have just been riding bikes. We've been going out to the campfire uh, program at night and we have just enjoyed being on the beach and all all these things that we'll get to that we'll talk about, you know, and literally he had never even left the grounds in six days.
2: Yeah, and and look, part of the reason why I told you I wanted to do this was for selfish reasons because I want (laughs) to take my family, and I'm lowering my voice, because I want to surprise my family with a staycation. I literally live door-to-door like seven minutes, if that, from Fort Wilderness. But I want to go and spend three or four days there just at the campsite enjoying that part of it. Right? I'll watch the electrical water patching, but I don't want to go to the parks. I want to enjoy everything that this resort has to offer and, and we'll get into that. And I think you know we need to sort of clarify too at the beginning. They hear campsites. Yes, there's almost 800 campsites there, but there's also more than 400 cabins, right? Cabins with air conditioning and full amenities. So if you do not want to have the campsite camping RV experience, you can go and bring the extended family down and rent a cabin. But what you're really going for is not it's the experience of being there, but it's the environment. We talk about this; these immersive experiences. That's what Fort Wilderness gives you. You are surrounded by, like you said, 700-plus acres of vegetation and pine trees and sort of old Florida cypress trees and, and true, like, not audio-animatronic wildlife, but real wildlife. <laughs> I mean, you're going to see, yes. you know, rabbits and geese and peacocks and armadillos and everything else sort of that are native to, to Florida. And that, especially for kids is a blast i mean that's like going to you know a zoo and, and speaking of animals one thing to know too we just talked about this on, an, on a recent email show it's also the only pet friendly resort in walter's world so if you are somebody that absolutely. travels with pets or wants to st- travel for an extended time not leave them home this is another option that you
1: really need to consider absolutely you know i've got two dachshunds uh that travel with me pretty much everywhere that i go and they jump right up uh, in their uh, little doggy car seat with their little doggy seat belts. They, they jump right in and down the road we go. And when we get to Fort Wilderness, you know, it's always been pet friendly. They've had pet friendly loops. And so if you don't like animals or you're allergic to animals, there are non-pet loops as well. In fact, uh, there's only a few that are dedicated for them. But even in recent years, Lou, the last five or six years, uh, Disney has really uh, done some things that has made it even more pet friendly. Uh, over by Loop Number 300, which is just a short walk from where Pioneer Hall is, there's an actual dog park and it's fenced in. You can take your dogs, let them loose. They run, they play. They've got everything you know dogs need. They've got uh, you know water and uh, food stations. Just anything where. And again, this is a place where you can go and and relax. And sometimes Anita and I will go and we'll sit, let the dogs. Kind of run their energy of their short little dachshund legs, and, and we'll be hanging out with other dog uh, people there who have come camping, and again have a have a nice time visiting. And again, it enforces that uh, that community feel uh, that you get. Uh, we you've talked about this on the show before. You know, Disney people you know, are are by and large great people, and uh, and when you meet these ones who also you share in common, you know this experience at Fort Wilderness, uh, it really does make for for an enjoyable experience all across the board. Uh, I'm going to sound like a broken record saying that, but it's so true.
2: No, and you're and, right. And I want to talk, and I want to sort of break it out. and I want to sort of talk about the the two types of vacations you can have here. And I think it really is sort of this idea of, when people talk about camping, I, there's a lot of people who are like, e not for me. I'm not going out into the wilderness. They <laughs> want, their idea of roughing it is is very different, right? They want to sort of rough it in comfort. And I think that's what Fort wilderness affords you, right? So let's sort of break it out. Because first and foremost, let's talk about the cabins. Right, this is not where you have to go and have an RV or a trailer or a tent or whatever it might be. There are these beautiful cabins throughout the resort that are very far from roughing. Right, they have HD TVs and kitchens and dining tables, and you know it gives you this this separate bedroom area and gives you a place to sort of go on vacation, sort of in the wilderness without having to worry about some of those other you know things. That, It's a little bit less roughing it than you know maybe the 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 RV type experience.
1: Oh, absolutely! In fact, you know, it's kind of a family joke uh, in my family. To my mom, roughing it would be a TV without a remote. We're having cable. It's (laughs) (laughs) not. Not I got three hundred channels, and and I say that with affection and laughter. It's an it's a long time family joke. So for my mother to keep going back. And enjoying it and looking forward to it every year, okay, Uh, that's kind of a statement in and of itself that, yes, this is not roughing it. But back to your question about the cabins, if you don't want to do the RV, uh, yes. For instance, my brother is a local Floridian. He lives over on the Gulf Coast. You know, he likes Fort Wilderness, too. Uh, Just this past month, he took his family. They did a week in the cabins. I had him send me a ton of pictures. I've been in them before, but I just wanted to put some up on the blog. And if you look at pictures uh, on Disney's website or anywhere else, you can see that they are, they're very nice. They're as nice as a hotel room. They have HDTV. They have big uh, porches on them where you can sit out in them. Uh, you know, they comfortably sleep you know, like eight people. And yet, uh, you know, you've got a, your kitchen area, you have all the conveniences that you would have uh, in a suite or at your home, and yet you're nestled in amongst these beautiful pine trees. You know, you can sit out there and if it's a nice evening temperature wise, you can open your windows and uh, you can hear the the birds calling at night. You can watch outside. you can see the armadillos rustling around in the uh, pine needles. Uh, I have not gotten up, not even one morning that I haven't seen deer feeding in the meadows. Uh, And that's all throughout, whether it's in the camping areas or where the cabins are. But the cabins are a fantastic get-your-feet-wet kind of way to try out uh, that Disney experience. Because you're right, Lou, when I tell people I go to Disney and I go camping, so many of them will sometimes look at me like I have a third eyeball in my forehead. You know, camping, are you kidding me? I thought you are going on vacation. But for places, you know, anybody who just maybe wants to try it, they're curious, but they don't want to do the whole, you know, RV or tent type of thing. The cabins are a great way to start out.
2: And and to be clear, like these are not, you know, these are not sort of rough, just four wall. Ca- I mean, these are sort of. I, I would almost sort of analogize it to a, a moderate resort in terms of the the class of resort. But I think that's even a bit of a misnomer. They're really more like one bedroom suites because they do have the double bed and the Murphy bed and the bunk beds, and, you know, they've got a couch, and they've got a separate uh, a kitchen area with a dining table. There's Wi-Fi. There's, a, you know, a fridge and a microwave and, and um, you know, sort of a, a little kitchen in there. There's pots and pans, so obviously you're going to be, you know, hopefully doing some cooking. The nice thing, too, Rod, you can go outside, and there's a porch with a patio table and a grill, and it is sort of a little mini home away from home, and it's, you know, the idea of, I'm using air quotes, roughing it, is a very loose liberal
1: term. (laughs) <laughs> yes. And and you're right. It is on par with at least the moderate uh, because many of the moderates you'll go and you'll simply have a room. But like you pointed out, when you get the cabins, you've got a separate bedroom. You have a separate sitting area with a living room and television. You know, you've got a separate cooking area. And again, that porch. So, you know, even like you said, to compare it to a moderate, that's actually almost you know shortchanging that experience a little bit. So yeah, that's a, it is a great way to get there. Enjoy everything everything that the fort has to offer, but still feel like you are in a nice hotel suite.
2: Right. And so to to sort of put it in <coughs> context too, you can fit comfortably six adults. Um, you know, housekeeping comes in, they'll do the dishes for you, right? They'll help you <laughs> with all that kind of stuff. That's right. So what's That's nice true. is what you can get to Fort Wilderness, you can go to the, the trading post, get all your groceries there, head on over, get your little golf cart, and that becomes your home with with sort of nightly maid service and the room rates there start about two ninety four or so per night um, plus tax. You know, yeah, again, it, depending on the time of year that you go.
1: Yeah, and it's one of the one of the best deals uh, on property for what you're getting because you are getting essentially, um, if not a luxury suite, certainly the next thing right under it. And uh, at two ninety four, and, and again, you have something else too that you might not even think about. Now these are standalone cabins. So you don't have, you know, a lot of neighbors around you. Right. And so, and by neighbors, I mean people on each side of the wall. There You have your own cabin, and so it's not like you're in a hallway with kids that'll run up and down. You have your own private space. You can sit out, have your coffee or wine or whatever you like in the evening on your porch and feel relaxed. And uh, you're connected to everything, but removed enough to, to unplug and rewind.
2: And I think that's even true. We'll sort of talk about the camp sites themselves. There's 790-ish or so campsites among the 20 loops, even those campsites are relatively separate from one another, right? There's a lot of, of brush and trees and vegetation in between. So it's not like your tent or your RV or whatever is on top of your neighbor, right? There and and all those campsites have um, you know, the, the driveways and they're they're pretty they're probably what about 25 feet wide? They've got a picnic table there and a, a charcoal. Uh, grill there. There's electricity there as well, it's like for all the the hookup. So it's roughing it, and you're not on top of the other person. It's not like you're in a field with just a bunch of tents <laughs> pitched around you.
1: <laughs> well, no, and, and now you're getting into kind of the way that uh, that I experience the Ford because I, I don't do the cabins. But uh, when I bring my RV, I've got a fifth wheeler, and then my friend he brings his uh, he brings his motorhome. And you're right. Now there there's a couple of different categories of camp. Uh, sites and you've got uh, the the standard, you the moderate, you've got you know the deluxe, and you know they have varying sizes, but all of them are are, are well sized, and some of them are as much as you know forty feet wide. Uh, just this last trip, we were there for the wine and dine uh, to run the the half marathon. And so I had my RV, and again, we enjoy all being neighbors together. There's three, four camps of us at least on any given trip. And so we are next to each other, but there's enough space to have privacy. You've got the pine trees and, uh, and uh, the different foliage there in Florida that gives you your privacy screens. But the site is big enough that uh, you have plenty of space to, to spread out. And then Disney also says if you have an RV site, you can also put one tent on that same site, mm. and the reason they do that—it's pretty cool because if you have uh, teenage kids, I have a teenage son, and sometimes, especially if we brought, you know, uh, friends along, you know, they think it's a really cool experience to set up and sleep in the tent on the same site. They're right there; you feel safe. Your kids are close to you, but they kind of get a, a neat experience too. And something else that that sets this apart—that all the listeners out there for WW Radio should know—is There's a reason why, year after year, Fort Wilderness is consistently voted the number one campground in the country. A lot of people don't know that. But it is, you know, and by, we're talking about Woodall's and some of the other agencies that monitor and and vote and rate these uh, campsites all around the country, it is consistently voted number one, It's uh, constantly. And that's because of the extraordinary care that they take in giving you a great experience. Now, I camp a lot, and this is the only place I've ever been. Literally, when a guest leaves, they pack up their RV and they pull out. Within minutes, these cast members pull up on their golf carts. They take leaf blowers and blow all the leaves or pine needles off the the site. They sweep it. They go over to the barbecue grill. Every site has a barbecue grill if you want to cook out. They clean it. They sweep out the ashes. They wipe it down. And when they pull away, it looks like you could take a photo for the Disney brochure. And they do that with every single site, every time a guest leaves. And so again, you, we talk about uh, you know roughing it. Maybe somebody's had a not so stellar experience in some campground somewhere. That's not what you'll have at Disney. You've often said on your show, uh, nobody does it like Disney does. The attention to detail and the attention to the way that they want to plus up the experience They do the same thing over at Fort Wilderness. And it's something that, yeah, again, somebody tries it. There's no doubt in my mind that uh, they're going to be really glad that they did. And that started even with the history when, when they decided to come up with the concept of the campground. You know, they came at this from a whole different angle. And they decided right from the very beginning they were going to design not only the campground itself, but they wanted to design the experience to be better than anything you could get at another campground. I don't know if I'm going too far uh, down this road with it, but uh, uh, Keith Camback was the man put in charge of setting that campground up in the early days. and He had a degree in recreation, and he was sent by Dick Nunes to take environmental awareness classes. This is back in the late 60s when that was not a common term like it is now. But one of the things that that meant Keith brought to the, to the Disney experience was when he went to work laying out and setting up that campground, you know, this environmental awareness that he'd been taking in school, courtesy of the Disney company was, it it gave him the element, okay, when I set this campground up, I want to try to incorporate as much of the natural beauty of Florida in it as possible. And that's why you experienced what you just referred to a minute ago, every campsite, has trees and bushes around it. You've got privacy. It's laid out so that it's not just a cookie cutter bunch of concrete pads that you'll pull a camper onto, but each site feels like you really are having a nice, natural camping experience in the outdoors.
2: But the neat thing about it is how they are able to weave in modern conveniences and amenities right water power sewer cable high-speed internet mm-hmm. access and those are not just for you know the premium sites that you're you're paying' is an exceptional amount for those are for you know all the hookup sites that have cable and, and TV because again you, you want to rough it but you want to enjoy that as well And sort of going back to what absolutely you said, right there, there are those different categories of can sites. so the premium are for those the big rigs right the real big ones that are sort of you know these these mini homes on wheels that are you know yeah. 50 feet in length the slide outs i mean some of them are just like you said spectacular there's also preferred sites that are near settlement trading post and the meadows and the marinas and empire also it's really more like preferred in terms of where you are located not necessarily what the campsite itself has for it there's also the partial hookups the full hook hookup sites and i believe there's still that very sort of Basic, primitive, almost like what I think a lot of people think—that that scouting type campsite over uh, at, at Creekside Meadow, like where schools and, and scouts right. and come and so if you want to really rough it, it, you know, and, and so go as a group, you can da- do that out there as well too. But for the most part, you're not. You've got these sort of semi-private hookups in this sort of community type feel, and it almost feels like a, you know little streets. You know, all these sort of, we're talking about the loops and the loop numbers, but they really are kind of little community streets.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the fact is that even people who like camping, I mean, most of us today, we, we lead a modern life. You know, we like to be connected to the Internet. You know, we want to be able to turn on the TV when we want. So when you set up at a campground, you've got your cable. Uh, TV. So you plug right in it and you've got not only the, you know, if you want to see Stacey Swad go over the best rides in Disney, you know, you've got that channel in your RV because you plug right into the cable outlet and you've got the same channels that all the resorts have. And, you know, I sit out sometimes in my chair in front of my RV. I've got my iPad and I'm surfing the Internet because, you know, I'm I'm, I'm not out tracking animals and you know, rubbing sticks <laughs> together, making fires. Yeah, I, I'm sitting out there with my iPad and, uh, you know, you do whatever you like. You can read the morning paper if you want on, on your uh, electric electronic device. Uh, like you said, you've got Wi-Fi access everywhere. So, you know, it, yes, it is not like this primitive experience. You're able to get there. You've got water, you've got all RVs today have, uh, have air conditioning and heating and so forth. And, you know, while I'm at it, you know, if you did go and say, even you wanted to stay in a tent, even if you were to do that, uh, there still have the ability, uh, when you go to say the comfort stations, uh, if you've been to a, a campground before, uh, some campgrounds, you go there. I'm very glad my RV has its own bathroom. You know, some <laughs> do not take care of it. <laughs> but now Disney, you, I, and, and again, I have my own bathroom in the RV, but because I have a teenage daughter and a wife, uh, my son and I generally – we get kicked out to do our showering and things down there at the, at the comfort station, and, and they – Commandeer the bathroom in the RV much like it is at home. But uh, <laughs> but when you go to the comfort station, all kidding aside, you walk in, it's spotless, they're air conditioned, uh, there's beautiful tile work in the place. Uh, it, is, it is not like, uh, you know, if you have this image in your mind that you're going to go to a campground and when you go to the the bathhouse it's something like a a gas station bathroom or something you know Disney just doesn't do things like that and so you walk in again they're beautifully redone they have stone work on the floor similar to some of the stone walkways in the lobby at the Polynesian with that natural looking stone flooring that's what they do in the bathhouses like I said they're air conditioned they're cool they're clean and uh, you feel very comfortable using whatever facilities are there. So even if you were to go for the rustic experience, you say, okay, I'm going to go in there. I'm going I'm to take a tent and I'm going I'm to man up and I'm just going to do this whole, you know, macho guys camp out trip. Or maybe you've got a family who tent camps. You could do that. But if you still wanted a nice hot shower and a very comfortable uh, uh, bathroom, you've got that there too. So you've got access to whatever level of, ex- of experience you want to have.
2: And it's funny you bring up the comfort stations. And there's there's about, I think there's 15 located throughout the campground. So it's not like there's one and everybody from the campsite has to use it. The first time I saw one and I walked in, I kind of looked around. I was like, what am I? In the, in the, is this like the camp styles of the rich and famous? Like, am I is this like, the, you know, am I like in the executive one? Or And so they're like, no, they all look like this. And I'm like, but there's yes. air conditioning and private showers and there's laundry rooms in here and there's ice machines. And they're like, yeah, this is the way, you know. And then I realized, yeah, this is how Disney does it. You know, this is the, the difference and why people who are potentially a- afraid of camping, this is a great sort of dipping the toe in the water because you are not sort of out in the middle of the wilderness somewhere, you know, looking to find leaves. <laughs> you know, it really is, it's is a it's a comfortable experience and comfort stations is a, is a great way to put it because it is a comfortable experience.
1: Yeah, and, and again, like I said, uh for people who just are not into the roughing, uh, roughing it type of thing, I would tell them, don't worry. You don't have to worry about that. It's not going to be a roughing experience. No problem at all.
2: Yeah, and you know, one thing about Wilderness too is uh, is obviously we, it's not a quote unquote value resort, but it is probably the most affordable of any of the resorts. Again, going from partial hookup to a premium hookup. Some of the lowest rates can be like $55 to $90 a night to to have those hookup campsites. Obviously, the cabins, like we said, are going to be different more expensive. But if you want to come in and have that, that's what you're going to pay for a night at a Walt Disney World Resort. I mean, granted, you're sort of bringing your own home with you. But it is a very inexpensive way to go on vacation. That being said, Rod, I I know for a lot of people like myself, they say, this all sounds great. It it sounds really cool, and I've been there, and I've checked it out, and I would love to stay there, but I don't have an RV. I don't even have a tent. I couldn't pitch a tent if my life depended on it. Like, I was in (laughs) Cub Scouts and never quite got up to Boy Scouts, so obviously I will never, ever, ever be able to stay here, right? Because there's no way, unless I go out and buy an RV, that I can do this myself. You are going to tell us that that is very much not
1: the case. Oh, not at all. In fact, uh, a couple of trips back, I was at at my campsite and I was, I happened to notice this company came in, noticed the company logo on the truck and they set up this RV. And uh, so I walked over and talked to, to the man that was setting it up because it didn't look like he was getting ready to go camping and he wasn't. Uh, And I found out from him. And then as I started to look and do a little bit of research, I found out there's two or three different uh, family owned companies down there. If you want to try out camping at Walt Disney World and you don't have an RV or say you're flying in from, you know, Texas or California or Nebraska or wherever it may be. And maybe even if you RV back home, but you, you're not going to haul your RV all the way to Walt Disney World or like you said, someone like yourself who just doesn't have a tent, <laughs> has no, no, no knowledge or desire to learn how to pitch a tent. You know, it's okay. You can still have the experience because what they will do is you can call them and you can Google them and uh, just Google, you know, camping at Fort wilderness or something. And you call, you'll find two or three different companies that do this, but they will bring in, they will set up a trailer. They will set it up on site. You've got your linens, your towels, bed sheets, utensils, pots, pans. They put out lawn chairs. They even put out carpet, on the front of the uh, site where you step out of the RV and you've got all the comforts of somebody who is a camping veteran and they do it for a really reasonable cost. I think when I had checked it out and uh, again, this is uh, an estimate because I'm going off of memory about a year ago when I last looked and talked to someone that was doing that, it was only about 80 to 90 dollars a night in addition to having the site, like you said, depending on when you go, you can get a site anywhere from uh, from $50 to $85 a night. And then you're completely set up with everything you need to have this uh, this camping experience at Fort Wilderness without having to have an RV or without staying in a trailer. And by the way, the, the trailers they put out there, they're air conditioned. You know, they have, they have heat, air conditioning, whatever you might need. So you can get this whole experience and if you've never camped before, doesn't matter. If you don't own the first piece of camping equipment, it doesn't matter. You can have them set it all up for you, try it out. You'll get a chance to see if you like it. And you know, I, I would tell you that you try camping at Fort Wilderness, you might find it is not the camping experience you would ever have thought. And I have no doubt that anybody who tries it is gonna wanna do it again because it's, it's that much fun. But that's an easy way to jump in there and try it out without having to to make this total commitment of buying a tent or having an RV or even pulling your own down there if you have one at home.
2: And, and I think that's awesome. And I think that's something that I learned, too, that I never realized. And I think, too, Rob, what I like about this is your experience here is going to be so markedly different, radically different, from any other place that you go in Walt Disney World, even from just how you get into the resort and what it's like Look, like when you go to check-in, you don't check in and get a key and go and go right to your room. You check in at the reception outpost, right? And the first thing they give you after you check in is what? You get a map. You get that the Fort Wilderness Gazette that has all the information about the resort and phone numbers and the activities because there's, there's so much to do. And then you either get directions to drive to your cabin or your, your campsite. And if not, you can leave your car there and they'll take you over there in one of the electric golf carts. Like, so all of a sudden, like, you're, you're, the, the the vacation experience is different. And I know from taking my kids there just for the evening, like, we rent a golf cart sometimes and just sort of tool around and go to eat and stuff. Like, that is like, it's like riding on the monorail for them. It's like a ride <laughs> in
1: and of itself. It's so true. It, it is so true. And, you know, when you, like you said, when you go to that check-in, my kids love to jump up and run inside because it's a big log cabin there at the outpost. You go inside – They've got Disney cartoons playing on the televisions like they do at, uh, at the other uh, resorts there. Uh, you've got, and, and there's something else that <clears throat> I would like to point out too. Uh, yeah, you're staying in a campground they still have a concierge service there. So if you want to use concierge services, whether it be to get dining reservations somewhere or to book tickets or get anything that you need, you have a concierge who services that resort as well. But, you know, Lou, you talk about, like, the kids wanting to jump in a golf cart and go riding around. I have met people, I remember a couple of years ago, I was in the Rosen Crown uh, pub uh, having a drink. I met this nice couple who was there, and they said that, they had just the day before they'd gone and just rented a golf cart and just rode around Mm -hmm. because that experience there is is just a relaxing bit of Disney so few people know about. There's nothing like walking along those nice shaded uh, pine tree paths and hearing the whistle from the train across Bay Lake at Magic Kingdom, you know, feeling that breeze coming in off Bay Lake when you walk at that white sand beach that's uh, right out at the edge of uh, of the Settlement Depot, or uh, at night, sometimes, that uh, you and I were talking about before, uh, you can bring your bikes when you come there, or if you don't bring your bikes, you can rent bikes there very inexpensively. And at night, my children there, they're 16 and 13 now, and uh, my friend and his kids, uh, we will go out biking in the evenings. and. You know, that cool uh, breeze is coming in and there's nothing more relaxing. We go up uh, to the, the settlement depot and we'll park the bikes and we'll sit on the, the rocking chairs there at Crockett's Tavern there on the porch and just sit there and enjoy the evening, maybe get a drink, hang out, talk. We laugh and then walk down and walk right over to the bay and watch the electric light parade come across that water in the evening. There, there's just experiences that you can have there that are totally unique.
2: Yeah, and, you know, it gets me to start thinking about the things that you don't need when you're there and maybe some of the things you do need when you're there. So you can go and park your car and never have to get in it again. Obviously, there's a a great internal transportation system, right? There's three different internal buses, the, the, the purple, orange, and yellow that run between things. You could rent a golf cart, which, again, is a total blast. One of our favorite things to do is go to Fort Wilderness, rent a golf cart, Go over to the Tri Circle D Ranch, go have dinner at, you know, um, at, at Hoop Dee Doo or whatever it may be. Uh, go see some of the decorations during the holidays or go watch the Electrical Water pageant. But if that's what you want to do, or if you want to bring your own, or like you said, ride bikes, like, I can't even think about that. Like, we would love to just ride bikes through there as well. And look, it's, you know, we talk about certain resorts in terms of location, location, location. You can't beat the location here, right? You are literally just a Boat ride away, which is often more fun than taking the bus. A boat ride away from the Magic Kingdom, or if you want to go check out, you know, the Contemporary or Wilderness Lodge or the Polynesian, you could easily get over there as well right from there. You never need to get in your car. You never need to
1: get in your car if you don't want to. No, you're right in the center of everything because this was one of the original three. You know, it was one of the the, the center. Back when you and I first started going when we were little kids, you know, when you went to Disney World, there was the Magic Kingdom, the Contemporary, and the, the uh, Polynesian, and the only thing beyond that was, you know, you had the golf course resort, the golf resort, and then you had Fort Wilderness, so they're all nestled right there at the center of things, and when you want to go to the Magic Kingdom, you walk down to the dock, you step on a boat, you go right across the water. It's, it's actually almost part of the fun, you know, we talked about, you know, the fun being in getting there, you know, the fun starts when you step on the boat going across, and, and crossing over to the Magic Kingdom. And, you know, my kids are at an age now, being, being 16 to 13, uh, it's kind of funny, I, I'm a very overprotective father, I've heard you joke about the same thing yourself, uh, you know, and I always was you know wanting to keep that watchful eye on my kids, and uh, yet now they're old enough that, for instance, to kind of give you an idea of just how accessible everything is. Uh, this past trip in November was the first time they said, okay, uh, you know, can we go... On our own, a little bit. of Jake and I stay together, we've got our cell phones, you know, all that. And yeah, again, my daughter is sixteen. At sixteen, I let my I'd let myself do a lot more things than I do my daughter, right? So yeah, this is the the unfair principle we fathers invoke <laughs> with our children, but. <laughs> But yes, I said, yeah, of course you can. So once we hit Fort Wilderness, man, they were gone. I mean, they just, they're like, okay, Dad, we're going to run and catch the boat. So, you know, they ran down the boat dock and they jumped on the boat and they took the boat right across the water to the contemporary. You know, they go there and they hit the game room. They play that. They jump on a monorail and they take the monorail to another resort. Then they'll change over the transportation and ticket center and take the monorail right over to Epcot. I mean, it's all right there. You know, obviously, you know, neither one of my children, my 16-year-old doesn't have a driver's license yet. She's got her learners and no driver's license. She didn't need a car, but you could go anywhere that you want because you're, you are really in the center of it all. And so just the idea of being able to hop a boat, hop a bus, go, get a monorail from one of those two and go anyplace. And if you want to, if you want to drive to, to one of the parks, for instance, we go to Animal Kingdom, I usually will drive, mm-hmm. but – You've got your vehicle with you most of the time if you're pulling. I pull a fifth-wheeler. Uh, my friend, uh, he has his motor home, so he doesn't have a car. He'll take internal transportation, and it's convenient. It's well, well done, and you could, like you say, just park your car and never even need it again.
2: Absolutely. And so when I was thinking about things that you need to bring or don't need, there are some probably things you should think about bringing, right? Because especially if you're a first-time camper, You know, simple things like I think of, like bringing a a lantern. Listen, it's Florida. There's cypress trees. You need insect repellent, right? If you want to grill out, you want to bring, you know, charcoal and matches. Some of those simple basic necessities. A lot of stuff you can get from, uh, you know, the the settlement post and things like that. But there's some other things that people might not think about, Ron that they should bring. Sort of just the very basics that maybe they could or could not necessarily get from, you know, the settlement outpost or settlement trading post.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, there's some things that uh, because I camp and bring my own, so it makes it a little easier. But uh, we do like to sit out and eat a lot. Now, I, I like you, I love food. Uh, you know, if you could see this, it wasn't just a podcast. You can tell I love food. But yeah, I do love to eat. So we do a lot of the restaurants there too. But one of the things that we do enjoy doing uh, is also cooking there at uh, at the at the campground and eating out my, my buddy is an Italian cookie. Oh my goodness. He can cook so well. And we just love it. To, you know, I take full advantage of my buddy. Yeah. Yeah. You can cook tonight. No problem. But, uh, at any rate, one of the things that I bring, we'll bring, uh, uh, an outdoor setup so that again, it's Florida, uh, you can get even in the winter time, you can get some really strong sunshine and warm days. So, you know, I brought uh, a set uh, where we have a little outdoor tent. It's not a full tent with walls, but it's got the tent top like you see sometimes at craft fairs. You know, bug repellent, surprisingly, uh, I have not had too much need of it because Disney does such a good job with their pest control. So uh, mosquitoes, yeah, I mean, it's Florida. You know, Florida, central Florida is is swamp. So you do have some mosquitoes and things, but if, if that's a real concern to anybody, uh, I've been going there for years. You might need a little cutter every once in a while, you know, a little... Uh, Uh, insect repellent to spray but but not too bad a couple of things that uh, are good to bring uh, if you're going to go camping there and if you're going to stop off the grocery store you know get your stuff to make s'mores there's every you can buy everything that you need at Walt Disney World but it's kind of nice to have it at your disposal Uh, many have may have known and gone there and known about the campfire program that's over there where you can go they play a movie every night before they do the movie, they have a sing-along. They play some cartoons, and they've got these big cauldrons where they have the fire set up. And uh, you can go over there. You can take, you can bring your own hot dogs, bring your own marshmallows. You can make s'mores. You can, uh, you know, you cook your hot dogs on a fire with your little spit. So if you have, you know, you bring these uh, these little, uh, you can use something as simple as a stick, or you can go to the camping area at Walmart and you can get uh, the little uh, spits that you can put your marshmallows or your, your hot dogs on and cook. Uh, a few little creature comforts, you know, that you can bring along again, you've got full Wi-Fi, So yeah, maybe you're going camping, but go ahead and, you know, pack your iPad, you know, pack a good book. Uh, you've got all your, uh, stuff there to go swimming, doing every, whatever you want. For us, biking was a big part of it. So we always brought our bikes. When my kids were small, we packed a bike trailer. And so at night, you know, I would hook their trailer up to the back of my bike. Both my kids would crawl in the little bike trailer and we would bike around till they fell asleep in the evening. So there's some things like that that you can think to bring about. If you are somebody who likes to cook when you're on uh, vacation, uh, then, you know, you can bring your food with you to cook because it is very relaxing sitting out there and eating uh, in all this natural surroundings. And just simple things like that. You'd be surprised how just a little advanced preparation, bringing with you what you need, how it can really add to your experience to make it uh, not something that feels uh, hectic or, or unplanned, but that you feel you can just enjoy and not have to, uh, to worry about a whole lot of things.
2: Yeah, and you know, I was thinking as we were <coughs> talking about uh, some, you know, whether it's conversations or the marina or the food, and we're, we're going to get to the food, obviously, I, I can imagine some people's probably, they're thinking, all right, well, what, what's probably the best loop, right? What's the best street? What's the best loop to be on? And correct me if I'm wrong, I, I would think that it really would depend on you and what you want, right? Do you want to be close to the beach and the marina? Do you want to be close to the center of it all by the campfire and by the main pool and the tennis courts? Do you want to sort of be in a quieter location, a little more secluded? Do you want to be, you know, depending. So is a tip maybe before you go to take a look at the Fort Wilderness map, see, trying to get an idea of the kind of vacation experience you want while you're away, and that may help determine what loop you might want to ask
1: for? Absolutely. You know, there's somebody that has done a lot of work. There's a couple of groups that, you know, Disney, it's kind of funny, I make mention of this now, you're going to find, and this is something else I've commented on over on my blog and and uh, and magazine articles for celebrations. You have a real community that has sprung up that are Fort Wilderness, uh, n- well, nuts fans. How else would you say? I, I'm one of them, a proud member. Uh, but there are even uh, websites, fortfiends.net comes to mind, mm-hmm. and they do they've done a lot of work. They have uploaded the sites to Google Earth. You can go and look at each site. Uh, There's a couple of apps out there you can download for your Android device or for your iPhone that literally you can go loop by loop. You can look at the campsites. You can pick the ones that you want, or you can just do a simple a thing as what you said. Just grab a map and look. Uh, For instance, if you've got pets, I've got dachshunds, uh, you'll want a pet loop, obviously. Uh, If you like to walk, And if you want a little more private experience, you can go down around the 17, 18, 100, 1900 loop. They're a little bit more sprung away. There are some people who absolutely swear by they want to stay in that 100 loop, the 200 loop. They're right up next to where the Hoop-dee-doo show is held. And that's all great. Uh, My personal favorite, I've, I've got probably two loops that are my favorite. One is the 300 loop. And that is because uh, you can actually, it backs up to one of the canals that you go through when you're canoeing, if you run a canoe there. But also you can walk right up a little trail. You go to the beach. You can look across and see the Magic Kingdom. You can watch the fireworks every night standing from the back of the 300 loop. Uh, You can see not just the fireworks, but the electric light parade on the the water at night. And then also my other favorite uh, would definitely have to be the 600 loop. And here's why. It's kind of in the middle of the campground. You have, uh, again, water that goes right up behind you, and you'll have canoers going up and down behind your camp through uh, through the day. But also, you're right over next to the bridge. They'll take you to the Meadows Trading Post. And if anyone's familiar with Fort Wilderness, they have that, that uh, big pond right there with the fountain in the middle of it. So you've got this beautiful setting. You've got the grassy meadows around you. You can walk right across there and go to the campfire program or watch a movie, but it all comes down to what you like. Do you like to be right up by where all the action is or you want a little quieter? Uh, I like being right in the middle of the campground. There's easy access to everything. And, you know, when you're up towards like the settlement depot and over places like that, here's uh, what's interesting or what's really uh, kind of a cool thing. All throughout the resort, but especially as you get closer to the public areas, like where the dee Do show is, you've got very carefully concealed speakers. They look like tree stumps. Some of them look like rocks, but they're playing that that music that sets the mood for this whole Fort Wilderness experience. So you're able to do that and and get the get the uh, that whole ambiance around you. Uh, now it's kind of a unique experience when you hear a banjo and fiddle version of It's a Small World, but. <laughs> <laughs> But you, you again, it kind of sets that mood. You feel like sometimes you're walking through the set of Davy Crockett. But uh, I, you know, I, I'm fully aware of the fact that I sound like a Fort Wilderness evangelist. <laughs> but uh, I would have to say there there is no bad sight, uh, no bad loop. There have been times I've gone there and requested specific ones. There's other times I've gone there and just intentionally not asked for anything just to try something new. And uh, I can tell you the truth, I've never been disappointed uh, even one time. Hmm. So uh, there's really no bad place, but you can make picks based on your preference.
2: So you were talking about cooking out your own food, and that's something that you don't have to do, obviously. And I think that Fort Wilderness, and I've talked about this in the past, has some of the best food experiences, and for me, still one of the best food values on property. And there's a number of different places you can eat. Uh, Trails End Restaurant, and, and I'm going to have to do a live review from there one of these days soon. Uh, located
1: in Pioneer, Oh, I'm going to try to be there when yeah. you back. that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, it is an all-you-can-eat buffet. I, I think it is the best value on property. I, I really like the food there. It's sort of down-home comfort food. I love Crockett's Tavern. It's sort of the, the lounge there. But you can also have a nice little bar menu that has, like, quesadillas and, and pizza and things like that. You can sit outside and eat it right on the uh, the porch there. There's the backyard barbecue, which is an all-you-can-eat buffet. It's got a live band, dancing structures, Disney characters. That, you know, people talk about the uh, the spirit of Aloha Dinner Show, or they talk about Hoop-De-Do. A lot of people forget about Mickey's backyard barbecue, and I am definitely gonna cover that separately. Hoop-de-doo, as you know, is that the all-you-can-eat dinner show. It is it is a must-do, I think at least once for everybody in Walt Disney World. And there's also like the Chuck Wagon and the snack bar by the by the Meadows pool. So there's a lot of places to grab food there as well but but what i think is really one of the other and i know too i'm starting to sound like a fort Wilderness evangelist and i think that's a testament to what this <laughs> resort has to offer is i think it really is about the 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 resort vacation right it's about the amenities it's about the activities there is i think i I'm, i would almost guarantee there is more to do here and more unique things to do here than you can do at any other Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, I'm gonna in no particular order, I'm gonna just sort of quickly blow through some of the things because we talked about them on the Tri Circle D ranch show. There's tennis courts, there's archery, right? So if you can you can actually take archery lessons and get instructions and they'll rent equipment. There's specialty cruises around Bay Lake and Seven Seas Lagoon. We've talked about the ranch and the farm and the pony rides, there's playgrounds. Wagon rides at Pioneer Hall, private carriage rides. If you want something a little bit more, you know, romantic, you can rent bikes. There's volleyball, horseshoe, shuffleboard, basketball, arcades, if your kids want to get a little tech fix, or dad does too. Pools, yeah, you've got it all right. Right, beaches, water, like you could rent the pontoons and the little water mice and go water skiing and parasailing and walk the trails and go if you want to run, you could run the trails too, and the water. I mean, there's, I, you know, I probably just ran through 20 things quickly that you can do
1: at this resort. Yeah, and 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 still didn't get them all. And that's when you start looking at that, you start realizing why you and I say what we do. That this is kind of one of the, you know Disney's best kept secrets, and you understand why I said my friend Dom when I arrived at Disney World seven days after he did, and I say, hey, what have you done? He said, we haven't left here. We <laughs> we've been doing everything here is like you said you, you can you want to go water skiing you can go water skiing you want to go fishing you can go fishing you've got all kinds of not only the, the beachfront fishing but all in the canals it's catch and release but it's still a great time they just recently uh you some of the disney community might have read on the on the uh, disney official blog they partnered with this new take me fishing campaign where you, so you can go fishing there now uh, they got more programs with that than they've had in the past right, so many cool things and uh, and like you said, you know, with, whether it be biking or or getting the water mice and getting out of the water, I mean, there is just everything to do. The pool that's there. They, this was for a while, for some years, it was a bit of a complaint that, uh, you know, here it kind of had a plain pool. And then three years ago, they redesigned and refreshed the pool that's there. They made a whole brand new pool. And quick little trivia thing because you know, you know you're the trivia guy. <laughs> they ha- actually, when you look at the uh, the pool that they have built in the middle of Fort Wilderness, they've got a little water tower, and you go up to the top of that water tower, and that's where you catch this, the water slide down into the pool. And and that water tower came from the original River Country, which, by the way, of course, was the very first Disney water park, and that was located right there at Fort Wilderness. So there's always been just a tremendous amount of things to do uh, in Fort Wilderness. There's no way you will ever get bored. You could stay there two weeks. You won't be able to do everything.
2: And there's, you know, something else I did years <coughs> ago. Um, I mean, I'm probably going back at least five years, which I know they still do. And I and I need to do a video about this because it was that cool and so different because you can't do it anywhere else. They have a special Segway tour. Uh, I, I believe they still have the Back Trail Adventures tour. Absolutely. You wanna, is it not there anymore? Oh, well, no, I said absolutely. You're right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was going to be so disappointed. Um, you want to sort of see Fort Wilderness and the the lake and lagoon in a way you've never seen it before on this very cool Segway X2 it was awesome i mean you feel like you were sort of going out and exploring and that's the other thing that this resort allows you to do go explore right go ask somebody about mm. um go ask somebody about the lawnmower tree right go ask somebody about the the, the cabin right Go explore, go ask them about, and, and I promise I will do a, a Wayback Machine segment about the <laughs> Fort Wilderness Railroad. Like, we could do a whole separate tour just about that. See if you can find some of the old uh, railroad ties and railroad tracks that are there. Ask somebody about some of the things that you used to be You can just go and explore this resort. And I think, too, Rod, the, something else is I, I say this all the time Walt Disney World is a very different experience, and you can maximize it not just knowing how to go. But when to go? You come to Fort Wilderness during Easter, Fourth of July, Chris, Christmas, and Halloween. Man, you want to have a fun night? You go rent a golf cart and just drive around. There are many Osborne spectacles of dancing lights at some of these things, and Halloween is just is <laughs> just amazing. There's a carriage character- <laughs> ride. Like I love going there just as a day guest, as an evening guest, just exploring the resort during the holidays.
1: Once it gets dark. Excuse me. Once it gets dark, and you see just some people really, really go to great lengths to decorate their sites. Uh, even even when there's not a holiday, sometimes people have you know rope lights through the trees, and they have displays. And they there are some who have taken and uh, created Mickey shaped uh, Mickey shaped uh, street lights that they put out. And so they've got all kinds of things. It is really cool at night when it gets dark and the lights come on. And you know, you mentioned a minute ago about how, you know, there's running there. Anita and I we, we come down, we always time our visits with different running Disney events. And uh, so there's some of the best running in Fort Wilderness apartment mm. oh, in Walt Disney World at Fort Wilderness that you can do. Uh, there's a trail that runs all the way from Fort Wilderness to the Wilderness Lodge. And it runs through this this beautiful uh, forested area. And so you can actually uh, run, it's a mile uh, in this, just in the loop of the campground itself. But then you can run all through that that campground main loop of a mile, then turn left down this trail and run through the forest all the way down to the Fort, uh, pardon me, to the Wilderness Lodge. And uh, then to completely negate your run, you can pop right in there and get a pastry. So (laughs) (laughs) I like how you think (laughs) you've burned your calories in advance. You've earned it. Right. So, (laughs) but yeah, there's things that you can do like that. And again, you know, the Segway tour, I haven't done that, but I'll tell you something my kids just did because they just both got to where they were both together old enough to do it. And they loved it. And they thought it was one of the coolest things they've done on their Disney trip in recent memory was they took a horseback ride through the guided trails that go again, go off through this forested area. <clears throat> and something a lot of people don't know, you know, Disney very close to their property, they maintain wilderness areas because they're very, very conservation conscious. And they they take great care to see to it that uh, these natural areas stay unspoiled and they stay beautiful, they take great care uh, to do that. And it, when you think about what they have on property, I mean, imagine that just the sheer numbers of people that come through there. And then you have these huge parks and all the activity that goes through there. And yet within just a very short distance, you can have areas that look just like you said earlier, like old Florida. You can see the egrets, you can see uh, owls and armadillos and all these wilderness, And you just don't even think you're at Walt Disney World. And so when you become someone who goes there a lot, you realize this is a whole dimension of the Disney experience that I never even knew about. And that's why it can be really addictive. And, and with very few exceptions, that's why, you know, I only semi jokingly say you don't see communities springing up around most of the other resorts. I mean, you've got uh, Dave who does the Tiki Man pages for the Polynesian because that, that's a resort that a lot of people love. But, uh, but you don't have the, the community, the websites, these uh, interactive boards. that are all these people who are just absolutely uh, wild about the fort, pun intended. And you know, they just love it there because there's just so much to do. Uh, scratching the surface uh, is almost more than you can squeeze in in a week's vacation.
2: And I think you just hit on it right there. You go there, and other than the, the quality of the campsites and the amenities and the cast and the food, you forget that you are at Walt Disney World, right? You forget that you – that <coughs> literally steps away is a whole world of theme parks and everything that we've come to love about the Walt Disney World theme park experience. And I say this all the time, especially if you have somebody who is a reluctant first-time guest. Find their entry point, right? Find the thing that <coughs> they're going to enjoy most. You know, this is something that is so completely different. And you have to realize you don't need to have an RV. You don't need to be a camper per se. You can rent your gear. You can go for a cabin. This really is a true vacation getaway. And I think that is one of the things that appeals to me. And like I said earlier, this is something that I'm going to surprise my family. We're going to do a staycation here. And my intent is not to leave the resort. I want to do all those things that I've read about and never done. I want to do archery, I want to hang out by the pool. I want to, my kids to go on pony rides. I went horseback riding years ago. I want to do that again as a family, right I want to be part of this community and understand it. I want to see and experience all the different things. what it's like to just sort of live there, and I'm using air quotes again, you know <laughs> for three, four, five seven days as well, because I think that is really what the the beauty and the what is so overlooked about this place is what a getaway it really is and how it changes throughout the seasons and all the things that you can do here or just do nothing at all. Just go for sort of that, that camping-type experience. This is one of those places, Rod, that I say, hey, if you think you've done it all in Walt Disney World, unless you've stayed here and done this type of experience, you have not seen and done it all. So I want you to sort of leave us with and again we could probably keep talking about this you know for hours but give me your best tip right if somebody's thinking about going for the first time has never been before give me your best tip about being a first
1: timer at Fort Wilderness all right first of all I want to say I feel I have done my job I brought Lou Mangiello to the Fort Wilderness fold I'm coming (laughs) baby I'm in I'm all in (laughs) <laughs> okay. First time tip. You, you really said it uh, very aptly a moment ago. Uh, first of all, it depends on the entry point, who you're bringing, you know, if that person that you're with, if they're kind of ambivalent, they don't know if they want to try it or if they are you know, excited and they're like, yeah, I want to try this too. In either case, there's still some things you can do to make sure that the trip is going to be everything that you dream uh, it to be, not only for yourself, but for the people that you're bringing with you, even if, you know, they may be, they're not too sure about what they're going to do. Yeah. First of all, when you go there, plan in advance. You know, leave a couple of days that you actually dedicate to just being there. And let's say you have small kids. You know, there is their pony rides up by the, the settlement depot. Uh, and so you can go there. You can put them on pony rides. You know, take them up to the Tri-Circle D Ranch. And if you catch it on the right day, you will see the farriers that are there shoeing the horses. I mean, these are blacksmiths that are that are making shoeing the horses, the very horses that you're going to see, you know, in the parks you know, whether they're parts of the parades or pulling some of the the trolley cars, all these different things that you're going to see. So, you know, you can really enjoy that. You know, plan to go to the dinner show that's there if you can put it into your schedule. Uh, Very few people realize the Hoop-dee-doo musical review has been running uh, three shows a day, seven days a week since, uh, what, 1977. So it is one of the longest running dinner shows, not at Walt Disney World, but in the country, period. And it, it is something that, you know, you want to get your family having some fun. You go there. There is a very interactive show. People, you know, the, the, the players on the stage, they come out in the audience and they're interacting with you. They give you washboards and you're beating them with spoons and singing along. If you take somebody there and they don't have a good time, there's, hey, there's something wrong. I give up. I throw in the towel because that is one of the funnest experiences that you can have there. You know, if you've got a husband and he, you know, uh, you've done shows on, you know, bringing that significant other over into the Disney fold. You know, you tell them, hey, maybe you think Disney is for kids, but I'm going to take you somewhere you can go fishing. You want to go canoeing? We'll go canoeing. You want to ride a horse? We'll ride a horse. You know what? You want to go paragliding? Well, let's go paragliding. I mean, it's all right there, steps from where you're going to stay. You know, plan on doing something that has been so popular they're putting it in the other resorts now, and that is do the campfire program. Go yeah. there. You know, they have the movies, it's outdoors, it's under the stars, you're eating s'mores. You know, that used to be just at Fort Wilderness, but it's gotten so popular, now they're doing it on the beach at the Polly, doing it on the beach at the Grand Floridian. Most of the resorts are trying to create their own version of that, but that started at the fort. So, you know what, uh, best tips encapsulated, you probably figure it out. I love to talk, i got a big mouth, i got like 50 tips to give. But, <laughs> but, uh, but really it comes down to you know, accept right from the get go that there's enough to do there. It's going to entertain anybody in your party of any age group. So just, you know what, just relax and know for a fact, take, take my word for it, take loose for it. You're going to have a good time. So incorporate part of your vacation to do the things that are there, get to know your neighbors, walk around, visit and, you know, rent a bike, rent a canoe do those things, and you will have the experience that you will take away that you never had any place else at any other resort. Given a money back guarantee, not really, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how's that? Did, did, I, did I make that as broad as possible? So Absolutely. Can, and, and to the, and, and <laughs> taking that a step further, you know, Fort Wilderness again is
2: off the radar because of where it is, right? You can't get a monorail there. You don't sort of necessarily drive by and say, oh, you know, we need to go and check that out. We need to find out what this is. My tip for you if you've never even been to the resort and whether you're considering staying there or camping there or renting a cabin there doing something different on your next Walt Disney World vacation, go there. Go there for the afternoon. Go there at night. Go have a meal at one of the restaurants. Uh, Again, I I can't speak highly enough about going to eat over at, uh, you know, Crockett's Tavern or having a drink late at night or going to take a golf cart and go around. Go to the backyard barbecue. Just sort of check out what the resort is about. It's one thing for us to talk about it, but you need to sort of see it for yourself. <coughs> Take the bus, go around, see what it's like, and say, you know what? Maybe this is something we can try on our next trip. I guarantee, like Rod, that if you go for an evening with the family and do some food, watch one of the shows, Go to, during Christmas or Halloween, check out the lights, get a sense of what the community is like. Do the campfire, right? It's free. It's free to everybody. It's open to all resort guests. It starts about 7 o'clock at night, 8 o'clock maybe in, in the um, in the summertime. You know, go do it and maybe sort of dip your toe into the very warm, very comfortable Fort Wilderness water, and uh, hopefully you, like me, will re- ready to take that next step. And I will tell you that I'm going to do it. I'm going to do video, I might do live broadcast. I want to share my experience with you guys because I have a feeling that I'm going to be uh, I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to be a very quick Fort Wilderness convert. Rod Wheaton, I want to thank you so very much. It took us years to get here, my friend, but I'm happy that we <laughs> did. You truly are the Fort Wilderness Maven and you are a great evangelist for some place that I can tell you very much call home and uh has been a part of uh, of some great disney vacations uh, for you and your family so i so i really really appreciate you coming on
1: well thanks lou i'm just glad the restraining orders expired so i can go ahead and come <laughs> on the show and we could talk about this together now all kidding aside i, I love the place you know you and i we when we've seen each other in person i've talked to you about it before I, I love it you can tell it uh you know i'll talk and talk and talk you know i love the resorts too. But you know, I grew up staying, like I said, over at the Poly. That was like our home resort. So it should say a lot that you know, I have happily moved over. I now consider Fort Wilderness my home resort, and so do my kids. And and that should tell you a lot. If I can squeeze in one more tip, uh, you mentioned the uh, over at Crockett's Tavern, the trail's end place to eat. Uh, if you wanted to try to give somebody dip their toe in the water, so to speak, you know, take them over there for a meal. A lot of people don't know it. But that trails in. They have that buffet for dinner in the evening. It shares the kitchen with the Pioneer Hall uh, hoop to do review. So the show, or the uh, food that you're getting at that buffet is the same great food you're getting in there with the dinner show. So, you know, it's a great way to take somebody down there, get their feet wet, and uh, say, hey, what do you think, honey? Let's ch- try staying here sometime.
2: Even better, if you're a Walt Disney World history buff, and you head on over to Trails End and Crockett's Tavern. There's some really neat Davy Crockett uh, uh, memorabilia and history remnants of the old Mike Fink keelboats, right? Gully Wumper and Bertha May. So I always kind of geek out a little bit when I head over there as well. Again, lots of different layers to peel back and uh, obviously never get tired of things to do. Rod Wheaton, thank you so, so very much. I really appreciate it. And I, hopefully I will see you very soon over at the fort. All right. Sounds good, Lou. I can't wait. Uh, Rob, before I forget, you, you you are so passionate about the fort. Tell people where they can find you online and on your blog.
1: Okay, well, they can find me at www.mousinger.com. They'll find my blog there. They'll find my podcast there. They can also subscribe to my podcast in Stitcher, in iTunes, and they can stream it live there from my website too, which again is www.mousinger.com. They can also follow me on at Rod Wheaton on Twitter. You can send me an email. I answer them all personally at rod at and they can also come over to, I've got my Facebook page at facebook.com slash www.mousinger.com. They can find the same thing on Google+. I love meeting and interacting with everybody. So, you know, I I invite them, come over, contact me, we'll talk, hang out. And uh, I love meeting members of the Disney community. It's been the funnest part of getting involved with blogging and podcasting. So, you know, come one, come all. I I always say, uh, if you're a Disney geek, you're among friends uh, here on my site. So love to meet everybody.
2: Awesome. Very good, and I will put all the uh, I'll put the link over to your website and blog and podcast up in the show notes as well.
1: Great, thanks, Luke. Thank you.
2: It's time for our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details and what you see and maybe even what you hear. You can then enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. But before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's and announce our winner. So last week was all about the history of the Disney MGM Studios. We talked about the animation tour where Robin Williams was dressed as a tourist and comes across Walter Cronkite while in the parks, and he introduces himself by saying, Walter, the name's Robin, but you can call me... And he had to identify what did Robin ask to be called. He said, the name's Robin, but you can call me Chuck. So congratulations and thanks to the hundreds of you that entered and got this one correct. You were playing for all six of my virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, a copy of my new 102 Ways to Save Money for an At-Walt Disney World book, And an actual keypad from one of the seats at the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Play It attraction. So I took all the corrector entries, randomly selected one, and our winner from last week's trivia contest is Stephanie Simmons. So Stephanie, send me your address. I'll get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next opportunity to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So we'll move from the studios over to Epcot Center and talk about Ellen's energy adventure. And when she and Bill Nye, the science guy, and during one of the film scenes, she and Bill are up in a helicopter discussing the pros and cons of different types of energy sources like the sun, water, geothermal steam, wood. And she says, that's great, Bill, but we still need a heck of a lot more energy. Where's it coming from? And do you have a blank. So what is it that Ellen asks Bill for while they're up in the helicopter at the Universe of Energy? You have until Sunday May 18th at 11.59pm to email your answer to contest at wdwradio.com. Again, you're playing for all of my audio tours, a copy of my new 102 Ways to Save Money for and Walt Disney World book, and in fact I'll give you a copy of my Walt Disney World trivia book, Volume 2 I'll sign them both and send them out to you So good luck And have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Don't forget to visit the website at wdwradio.com for our multiple daily blog posts from so many great guest contributors, new videos, our newsletter, the free WDW Radio app, our events calendar, and so much more. Again, everything's over at wdwradio.com. Also, be sure and tune in every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WDW Radio Live. I do a live video broadcast and interactive chat all about the week's Walt Disney World news and then just casual conversation. Again, you can find that over at WDW Radio Live, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, every Wednesday night. Again, visit the events page. Lots of events coming up, both meets of the month in Walt Disney World and other events. This Sunday, I'll be on the road having a meetup in Atlanta. June 12th and 13th, I'll be in Roanoke, Virginia for Mouseka Meets. In August, we have the WDW Radio Cruise on the Disney Dream as part of our Neverland and Sea event, and I'm happy to announce the land portion of our Land and Sea event. On Saturday, August 9th, you could join me for a very special event at the Atlantic Dance Hall on Disney's Boardwalk. We're going to spend the afternoon together with a lunch, games contests prizes and a few surprises as well you can also join me and the gang as we record an episode of ww radio live where you can be part of the show tickets are available right now they are very limited so get yours today visit the events page over at WDWRadio.com for more information and tickets you can also visit lou to find out other events that i'll be speaking at this year including podcast movement this summer in dallas other conferences and conventions or if you want to book me to come speak to your business to your school or consult with you one on one visit LouMangello.com speaking of which you can also connect with me on Twitter I'm at LouMangello Facebook.com slash as well as Instagram and Pinterest if you want to be heard on the air you can call the voicemail at 407-900-9391 or if you have a question you want answered on the air you can email me at lou at www.radio.com. Now you can also leave a voicemail right from your computer. Just go to www.radio.com, click on the Leave Lou a Voicemail tab, and use your computer's microphone, make it nice and easy for you. Quick thanks to my partners and sponsors, Mouse Fan Travel. They're my official and recommended travel provider because it's who I use. So whether you're going to Disney World or LAN or Adventures by Disney, a Disney Cruise Line, whatever it might be, Becky Mankin and her team of agents really do give you the best possible prices All available discounts as they come out and an incredible level of personal service. That's what makes them so very special. All at no additional cost to you, right? Their services are completely free. So go visit them over at mousefantravel.com. If you want some Disney magic delivered right to your door, you can subscribe and order back issues of Celebrations Magazine by visiting celebrationspress.com. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, Please help spread the word. Tweet out that you're listening. Come by and comment and share links over on Facebook. And please come by, rate and review the show over on iTunes. It is very helpful, very much appreciated. Also, if you've purchased 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World and you like the book, please come by Amazon.com and rate and review the book there. That, too, is very, very helpful uh, to the book and to me. And, I, and I'm very, very grateful if you could take just two or three minutes and go rate and review the book and the show. Finally, and most importantly, I want to say my sincerest thanks once again. You guys take time out of your week to tune in, to listen, to interact with me and engage me on Twitter and Facebook and via email and come out to the meets. And I am so grateful to all of you for allowing me to do what I love and share it with you every day and in so many ways. And I want you to do the same thing. I want you to get up every day and do what you love. So start taking action, right? Because you can't cross the ocean just by staring at the water. Be positive, have faith, and always keep moving forward. Thanks again. Have a great week, everybody. So until next time,
0: see ya. Hi, Lou. This is Mark from Swedesboro, New Jersey. I just got done listening to your uh, show about uh, Hollywood Studios, and it brought back some great memories. And uh, one of my biggest memories of there is the same thing you talked a lot about, the superstar television Um What made me chuckle a little bit was the fact that you said you had not been selected uh, to be in the show. Uh, Because my family, uh, we traveled down there. It was about 12 of us in total. Uh, We would only go down about uh, once every three years. And out of the 12 of us, six of us actually got picked to be in one show. Uh, I was a newscaster. My two nephews uh, were Gilligan and the Skipper. And uh, two of my nieces were uh, in the cheer scene. And then my sister got picked to be uh, in the I Love Lucy scene. Uh, as a matter of fact, she's such a huge fan of I Love Lucy that she actually got picked a second time uh, during our trip to be uh, in that part. So uh, some great memories. Uh, keep up the great work. I uh, hope to one day meet up with you uh, uh, during one of your monthly meets. Thanks, Lou. Keep up the good work. Bye-bye. you got a friend.